Like many jurisdictions we've discussed on the Fiona show, the Czech Republic is one with a certain distance between what they ask for officially in their transfer pricing regulations and what they expect in preferences. For one thing, they only require the country-by-country report of all the OECD three-tier documentation. Yes, the master and local file are not required, but you are required to prove all transactions are arm's length if audited, so it's kind of like you need them anyway. Similarly, local comparables are preferred even if they, too, are not required. So case in point, if you don't have your own transfer pricing firm with folks on the ground in the Czech Republic or are otherwise not leveraging technology to keep up with local regulations, experts like today's guest are indispensable. On that note, Dr. Veronica Sololova of Mendel University in Brno, Czech Republic, joins us today. She's routinely cited in academic circles for her work in international tax in transfer pricing matters. She's also the co-author of Transfer Pricing and SMEs, Critical Analysis and Practical Solutions. In speaking of academic credit, you can earn CPE credits for listening to this podcast. Here's how it works. We're planting three CPE code words in the course of this episode. Send all three to The Fiona Show at xbs.ai. All one word, one more time, The Fiona Show at xbs.ai, and we'll reply with your certificates. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at transfer pricing in the news. Challenge accepted. The EU Commission is going back to the drawing board, or in this case, the courtroom, to appeal the Apple state aid case ruling. If you're up to your eyeballs in COVID news, we don't blame you. Here's a little refresher. Back in 2016, Ireland was charged with providing illegal state aid to Apple entities and was ordered to pay a whopping $15 billion in back taxes. This July, the general court annulled the decision. The commission isn't going to take the latest verdict lying down with plans to bring the case before the European Court of Justice. While the EU is ready to rumble, the legal proceedings are going to take some time we're looking at as long as two years full of legal fees. How do you like them apples? Apple. There you have it. Feeling supported isn't just for bras and relationships. It's for transfer pricing, too. The Inland Revenue Authority of Singapore, or IRAS, or IRIS, has issued transfer pricing guidance for taxpayers impacted by the pandemic. The takeaway, robust documentation and substantiation of arm's length outcomes is the ultimate COVID calling card. The guidance suggests that businesses paint a full picture of how they've been affected, including related party agreements, functional analysis, analyses, profit and loss analyses, and government assistance disclosure. The IRIS has more help up their sleeve, offering a one-time concession for the year of assessment, a multiple-year approach to support transfer pricing outcomes. The reviews are in. Well, sort of. The Hong Kong Inland Revenue Department is already in the throes of compliance reviews on transfer pricing documentation, and this tax entree comes with a hearty side dish and issued request for information. Enter Form IR-1475. Here's what you need to know. The form's information request is generally aligned with master and local file requirements and must be returned to within 30 days of its issue. It also requires taxpayers to disclose additional information not found in transfer pricing documentation. We're talking details around capital control transactions, offshore claims on profits or income, and tax rates that were either eliminated or reduced to a statutory tax rate lower than that of Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University Weekly. 
Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai slash tpu. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. Veronica Solilova. She's here to discuss the Czech Republic with us, a very interesting jurisdiction. But first, we just have a couple of get-to-know-you questions to get to know Dr. Solilova better ourselves. Dr. Solilova, uh, what drew you to transfer pricing initially in your career? It was my PhD studies. Um, as uh, before I start, I had to decide what will be my field of research and recognize that in case of the Czech Republic, there is not so huge knowledge about the transfer pricing issue. Everywhere was mentioned it's really serious and you must follow arms rank principle and that's it. So I decided that it will be the best topic of my research. So I start 2007 focusing on transfer pricing issue. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the Czech Republic in response to the pandemic. Oh, currently, currently we have that we close. Uh, we uh, closed a lot of businesses, I take it. Uh, no, businesses. So businesses is, uh, is uh, uh, going their activities. Uh, there are only some limitation of uh, activity inside mm -hmm. or outside people. Uh, university are closed. Uh, we have to uh, transfer to uh, distance uh, online uh, lectures, so, uh, so no face-to-face -face lectures. And yeah, it's um, the situation was the worst day to day. So we are waiting that at least two weeks, maybe everything will be closed, but it's the worst situation. But it really depends on the decision of the government and Minister of uh, uh, Health, whether they decide to close uh, again as uh, at the beginning of March, then uh, the world Czech economic, uh, economy was shut down. But currently, we, we don't know whether the situation will be also uh, again mm -hmm. uh, October. So currently, everything is closed in the respect of sport and culture activities. It, it's not possible to go to concert. Uh, it is it's forbidden sign. It's it, it, you can go to cinema, but only a few person could be uh, sitting in cinema. But concert, uh, opera, musicals, everything is closed. Mm -hmm. uh, some sport. So are not able to, uh, or competitions for competitions are uh, postponed. Uh, so it's not so happy as I say. <laughs> well, well, hey, at least everybody's taking strong precautions, and it sounds like you know, as a community, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I can speak to your locale, but it sounds like everybody's taking this very seriously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, because a lot of people are dying. Uh, yeah, people are. Uh, with very heavy uh, conditions and uh, yeah, must be done and uh, we should uh, protect uh, other people and try to eliminate the increased number of uh, cases, uh, positive, uh, positive uh, people with COVID. Now, uh, just in the grand scheme of, you know, working with multinationals inside and out of the Czech Republic, what mistakes do you see multinational companies making repeatedly? My opinion is they more focus on technical point of transfer pricing. If benchmarking and arms length range, and uh, they really forgot on the other side of uh, transfer pricing that they have to be able to prove that they follow arms rank. They have transfer pricing documentation or they don't have it and they don't have it any documents that they receive services or they perform services that they have this kind of TP profile and maybe in the respect of the Czech Republic, we have a special statement that all expenses used during business activity must be used to achieve and secure and maintain taxable income. And if they are not able to prove it, it's bad. So it's the, the first mistake which I recognize during my research and also during my advisors uh, to my clients 
that they focus uh, more on technical point of view. Right, right. Now, uh, what do you find most interesting about transfer pricing? It seems like you were more inspired to pursue it from from the outside, knowing fully what it was. Again, we, we tend to have a lot of guests on the show that, that almost stumble on it in the course of their career. So to find somebody who knew what it was and then said, yes, that's what I want. That's very special. I think it's it's amusing work. Um, each day you can focus on different, different activity because transfer pricing is so uh, the development in this area so, is so speed that you must be educated permanent educated and uh, you need knowledge knowledge and if you consider some uh, control transaction you recognize that it's case to case it it is not a general yeah it's always different story no two stories are the same in transfer pricing now diving into the czech republic can you tell us about the transfer pricing documentation requirements for this jurisdiction we don't have direct uh, obligation direct legal obligation to have it uh, transfer pricing documentation but uh, we have indirect obligation. A taxpayer uh, has to be able to uh, prove all statements in the corporate income tax return. And they have to uh, be able to prove everything which is recorded in accounting. And in case of transfer pricing, transfer pricing documentation is the key tool how to prove it. So there is some indirect obligation to have it. I, I think that we have a little bit strange situation that companies which are obliged to prepare a country-by-country reporting, but of course those companies have it three part of this documentation, not only country-by-country reporting. So It sounds as though that there's no official requirement, but there are these expectations, these preferences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a soft law. The Czech Republic focuses mainly on soft law in case of transfer pricing. We have only several uh, legal statements in income tax law about transfer pricing. So in soft law, we have three important guidelines, and one of them is about transfer pricing documentation, what must be included uh, as a master file, local file, and those requirements are in line with OECD guidelines, also guidelines of European uh, transfer pricing forum. So yeah, I, uh, I think so. It's the similar. What are tax authorities countries. looking for by requiring the CBCR and not adopting the rest of BEPS Action 13, the master and local file? The main reason is, and we uh, usually ask also tax authorities in some workshop uh, why we don't have obligation of master and local file, why we have only country-by-country uh, country reporting. And uh, they usually answer they don't increase compliance cost of taxpayers, and that's why they focus only on soft law. The most important obligation here is to have only country-by-country country reporting uh, according to a European directive and also uh, OECD uh, requirements. And the rest is only on the decision of uh, taxpayer whether uh, they want to have it or not. It's only due to the compliance cost of taxpayer. And uh, other reasons, we have very, very small part of transfer pricing legal statements in our uh, income tax law. We don't have uh, separate uh, tax law related to transfer pricing. So um, this is another reason that they don't want to have other laws specified on transfer pricing issue. Right. We've covered master and local file not being covered, at least in Czech Republic's requirements. But uh, otherwise, how does the Czech Republic's requirements and the OECD guidelines align and differ? In uh, the most aspect they follow, transfer pricing guidelines, it's, uh, there is only differences about updates of uh, transfer pricing documentation. We don't have exact deadlines or needs for uh, update of CPD. Uh, transfer pricing documentation usually is assumed that uh, after two years, taxpayers should actualize and update all of them. And if something changes during this period, it's uh, 
of course, uh, appropriate uh, to uh, edit, to transparency documentation. But in the respect of uh, what must be included, it's in a line of OECD guidelines. There are no differences. Mm. Now, are there any specific documents required in place of the master or local file? Maybe in the connection of a special appendix uh, to corporate income tax return. Because in connection, um, in respect to country-by-country uh, country reporting, Czech authorities uh, introduce uh, a new appendix of this uh, tax return. And there must be uh, recognized all uh, transactions between uh, associated enterprises. This kind of annex is very important um, factors of tax authorities in the respect of a selection of uh, future uh, taxpayers for tax audit. And then they uh, assume that those transactions will be also explained in transparency documentation. So not only main tra- transaction, but also others which are uh, mentioned in this kind of uh, appendix. In what language should the documentation be submitted in? Only in Czech language is possible. Of course, it depends case to case that taxpayer can ask tax authorities whether some some documents which are included in annex can be in English or in German. But it depends on individual acceptation of tax authority. But usually only Czech language is required for the whole documentation. Do you have to ask to hand it in English or, or German? Do you have to file a specific request? Or is it more that in certain circumstances you know that, that they would accept it in English or in German? Sometimes they're accepted in English or in German contract agreement or some um, related uh, to control transaction which are added uh, or invoice and so on. But the body of the transcribing documentation where uh, the function profile of taxpayers is explained, uh, transcribing methodology and other important part must be in the check. Now, the CBCR being special here, since it's the only part of BEPS Action 13 actually required in the Czech Republic uh, officially, uh, tell us about the requirements when it comes to country-by-country notifications and reports. Yeah, it's new obligation for a specific kind of taxpayers. They have to fulfill consolidated revenues. There must be at least uh, 750 million euros. So if they exceed this amount of consolidated revenue, they have to record country-by-country uh, country reporting. Report must be fulfilled after 12 months. So there is deadline 12 months in the end of the year or taxable period. It's uh, submitted electronically. And the information which are included are the same as OECD requires. Right. You, you mentioned 10 companies there. Just curious. So, so what are the entities they're doing? Manufacturing, distribution? Just, just curious about the business. It's mainly manufacturing because we are a country with automobile uh, industry. So uh, it's really companies focusing on this kind of industry. Uh, automotive industry and the rest of services and uh, of course bank and insurance company and just taking a very quick moment for our first cpe code word and that code word is bohemia as in the kingdom of bohemia the name of the modern day czech republic for over 700 years from the 12th to 19th centuries again that code word is bohemia Now, there's no legal requirements for local comparables, but there is a preference. How much should taxpayers consider uh, that preference? Do they have to prove they've tried to find local comparables? Yeah, the Czech tax authorities prefer local comparables. Unfortunately, uh, we are a very small market. And furthermore, the Czech Republic has very strong concentration of associated enterprises. So I think that there is a lack of domestic comparables and it depends on control transaction. It is possible to find them, but in many many, uh, cases, it's really impossible to find local comparables. That's why uh, Czech tax authorities full accept uh, European Union comparables so currently from uh, EU27, 
uh, in past period also European 28. And it is not important to classify or make a statement in the transparency documentation that we are not able to find local uh, comparables. Usually in practice, the benchmark search automatically uh, include European Union area. And if uh, in the end of the search process, we find uh, Czech companies in sufficient number, for example, eight, seven, uh, after that we can eliminate benchmark uh, search only to this uh, Czech Comparables. Now, sticking with preferences, uh, is there a preferred transfer pricing method or, or an hierarchy of methods? Czech tax authorities follows OECD guidelines where the preferences is so comparable. Control price is preferable whether it is possible to apply this method in uh, reliable manner with uh, sufficient results. Uh, so, of course, if a lot of comparable adjustment must be done after that, it's really questionable whether this kind of method is suitable. So on other hand, Minister of Finance, uh, similarly as OECD guidelines, prefer most appropriate method based on the circumstances of the case. So if I use uh, traditional transfer pricing method or profit-based method, really depends on the situation. There are no any uh, hierarchy of the methods that we should explain why uh, we cannot use a traditional method and to use the profit method only if uh, the traditional one cannot be used. So it is not uh, important. It is not necessary. How, how much does this boil down to the best method rule? The most appropriate uh, method usually Tax authorities would uh, like to receive information about that, uh, the strength and weakness of the methods that I consider nature of the control transaction and consider also results of comparability, whether it is possible to compare. And uh, if I explain the base circumstances around control transaction, they accept after the uh, selected transfer pricing method. And for how long is benchmarking accepted? It's uh, usually three years. According to advanced pricing agreements, when transfer pricing documentation must be uh, submitted, and there was the same time limit. So benchmark, uh, benchmark uh, is acceptable after that three years. Uh, currently, we have new guidelines, the uh, 34 where it's directly mentioned when a benchmark search must be updated, when must be done the wall benchmark uh, search again. And uh, it's enough if I only update uh, financial data or if I check only whether comparables are uh, still independent. Today, we have more sensitivity in case of benchmarking and uh, action uh, by the side of tax authorities. Also, updating financials is recommended annually, correct? It is a legal obligation. It's only recommendation how they should uh, work uh, with uh, a benchmark process. So there is mention that annually is uh, necessary only update financial data of comparables and check whether they are independent. Based on it, I am able to determine again arm's length range and check whether my control transaction is still inside of the range. So it's a, a new recommendation. And after three years, I have to perform the wall benchmark search again. Right, right. And what about the statute of limitations? Time limit for tax assessments is uh, set on three years. So tax authorities has a right to set tax assessment during these three years. Of course, if there is a tax crime, uh, then uh, this tax assessment is uh, exceeded up to 10 years. Of course, if uh, there is a final decision of the court, this could be exceeded, uh, I think so, up to one year in the end of the following year when a final decision was uh, made uh, by the court. 
of course, uh, this uh, general three years, uh, three years time limitation could be could be extended. Uh, there are a lot of circumstances when it is extended. Uh, for example, if tax authority open uh, uh, some proceeding, tax proceeding it is exceeded up to twelve months. If taxpayers submit supplementary uh, tax return, again it is extended up to twelve months. So there, there are a lot of other circumstances which could uh, exceed this. This uh, time limit for tax assessment, however, maximum uh, is up to 10 years. Furthermore, I can highlight that in case of investment incentives, uh, in previous tax law, there was special uh, time limit, but it was cancelled, so they have the same condition as other taxpayers. It means three years time limit. Maybe in the respect of tax losses, Czech Republic doesn't have any statement about cross-border loss of the thing, but have only uh, domestic possibilities of this offsetting. So taxpayer has the rights to subtract it, its tax losses rise during five years, not more longer. So they have a time limit for deduction of their tax losses from tax base. And interrupting very, very quickly for our second CPE code word, and that code word is velvet. Again, velvet, as in the velvet revolution, the peaceful overthrow of the Soviet-backed communist regime in November 1989. Also, fun fact for music fans, the velvet revolution actually gets its name not only from the nonviolent tactics of protesters, but also because one of its main leaders, Vaclav Havel, was a fan of the 60s avant-garde rock band and Andy Warhol protégés the Velvet Underground, whom he often cited as being the inspiration for his politics. Fun fact. Anyway, back to our conversation about transfer pricing. How would you describe or how aggressive is the Ministry of Finance? What is the likelihood of a transfer pricing audit in the Czech Republic in general? I think that they are really aggressive. Uh, they know that transfer pricing is not uh, exact science, so there is no only one solution. They know that it is possible uh, always find something what is wrong or what could be performing better way. But we don't have uh, a lot of tax offices in the Czech Republic. We have 14 regions. Uh, in each region is expert on transfer pricing. And in fact, there is specialized tax office who focus on special taxpayers such as bank, insurance, investment funds, and also corporate entities who exceed, I think so, 2,000 million of check rounds. If I consider those entities, uh, the likelihood of audit is really high and they must be prepared. In all West time, tax advisor recommends uh, prepare transfer pricing documentation, prepares every uh, important document uh, uh, which are able to prove that transfer pricing is in line of arm's length principles. So aggressivity of tax authorities is in this case is really, really high. If I'm understanding correctly uh, from, from what you were saying, uh, that that's all if they meet that threshold. And then for all companies above that threshold, the scrutiny is, is so much more intense. Yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely know that services, management fee, intangibles, financial trust, royalties, all of them are really uh, scrutinized uh, by tax authorities and they must be able to prove their transfer pricing policy. And going back to methodology for a moment, how likely is it that methodology will be challenged? It's really depend on the transaction. It uh, depends on uh, how transfer pricing documentation is prepared. Of course, in services, there is likelihood of change uh, really high. I don't think so that it's in a technical part of, uh, for example, benchmarking and so on. This part of transfer pricing documentation is prepared in good manner. It's guidelines where it's mentioned how it should be done uh, after that 
with acceptation by textile authorities. But a lot of change is usually done in case of benefit tests, substantas, whether I am able to prove that those services, expenses are really used for achieve, secure and maintain of taxable income. So in this kind of test, and prove the experience forgot that it's the most important part of transfer pricing. The most often uh, mistake which is which is made uh, by uh, entities is that uh, they said, oh, I receive uh, benefit that I can uh, receive materials, uh, cheaper materials and so on. So they only in some sentence specify some benefits but it's not all of them. Uh, they should really uh, prove to tax authorities that uh, this kind of control transaction is uh, beneficial for them, that the underrated person would have willingness to join to this kind of transaction and would uh, pay for it. So they not focus in sufficient way uh, for to prove this uh, this kind of services, for example. Right. If you're going to pick a methodology, really make the case, know the methodology as well as your own business and how it applies, especially in the Czech Republic. A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it. So what's stopping you? If an expensive application process is turning you off, sorry, now you really have no excuse. Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven R&D tax credit software eliminates the need for pricey consultants and allows you to apply for R&D credits all over the world for one low fee. After all, why should you have to spend your whole R&D tax credit on getting your R&D tax credit? It's your money. Keep more of it with Cross-Border Solutions, the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. Request a demo today. Visit xbs.ai rd. That's xbs.ai rd. And what are some specific industries or situations that are targeted for audits? Specific industries, yes, I, as I said before, they really focus on uh, services, management, other kinds of services, not only with uh, high value. They, uh, they focus on uh, intangibles, hard to value intangibles, because it's currently really difficult to evaluate them. And always it is possible and very high likelihood to find some mistake in the methodology and uh, evaluation of this kind of transaction. So intangible services, of course, royalty payments, usually uh, publicly available, uh, some agreement about the royalty payments in the Europe. So we have to use database uh, which cover mainly from Canada, from US uh, agreements. So there are a lot of uh, European uh, comparables so tax authorities could have some uh, uh, question whether it's really uh, comparable or not. Permanent losses, mainly in case of routine entities. It's it's a general issue that if you are routine, you cannot uh, recognize losses. And if no, no permanent losses. So losses and this, as I mentioned, intangible royalties, payment and services. I don't know whether financial transaction, uh, maybe it will be the new one part of uh, as uh, new guidelines, new chapter was added to transparency guidelines and Czech authority would like to publish new guidelines related to this issue. So I assume that after that, also a transfer pricing uh, of the financial transaction will be a specific situation or target uh, situation of uh, tax authorities in future. 
In June 2019, the Czech General Financial Directorate released new guidance D34, which replaced Decree 332 of 2009. What is guidance D34 and what changes were made? I absolutely love this uh, these guidelines because I can I can evaluate development of tax authorities of knowledge and education because at the beginning uh, when we have only two very very short guidelines about transfer pricing issue suddenly we have uh, sufficient and uh, very uh, good prepare uh, guidelines previous one three uh, uh, three thirty two. And then new one was added and there is everything what uh, it uh, should be covered. Uh, there is benchmark uh, process, absolutely explain what should be included in research uh, as a criteria, when it should be updated. There is explanation of transfer pricing profile of uh, entities in the respect of manufacture, a distributor or services provider, how I should perform comparability uh, analysis, how I should recognize a related person, uh, how to choose appropriate methods. So I was very, very happy when I read it because a lot of uh, open questions uh, where no certainty were before was closed and yeah, I, I absolutely love this document. <laughs> <laughs> Not often, so often that we hear that. But guidance D34 was released at the same time as the Czech Republic's translation of the OECD transfer pricing guidelines for multinational enterprises and tax administrations. That's the 2017 edition. What message does this send to MEs about the Czech Republic's tightening of transfer pricing? Be prepared. Be prepared and knowledge and knowledge. Um, I, I don't think so whether it was aimed to introduce at the same time, because I know that uh, process of language uh, translation and its acceptation by OECD is very time consuming, but it really happened that they issue in um, uh, at the same time. The main message is uh, we prepare uh, as a tax advisors and tax authorities we prepare for you translation of OECD guidelines as a key guidance of application of arms rank principle. And we have a very good position as a taxpayer for fulfillment of all obligation, how to follow arms rank principle because everything is translated. You have new guidance where the benchmark process uh, update, uh, updates of benchmark process is also included. So if I compare with Slovak Republic, we have very good position. I don't know uh, whether Slovak tax administration wait for a Czech language because they are able to read it also in Czech. <laughs> there are not willingness uh, for translation of uh, TP guidelines. And a lot of my colleagues uh, in Slovak say, you are happy because you have everything what you need for doing the best work in transfer pricing because we have support in the Czech Republic, uh, not only in the, uh, on the side of tax authorities, but also uh, on the side of court. We have a lot of TP case law with final decision by Supreme Administrative Court. But the main message is be prepared, be prepared and not sleep on the pillow because transfer pricing is really area of deep development and speed development. We need knowledge, knowledge and education. Right, right. I find it interesting they would interpret the OECD guidelines but not actually adopt the guidelines. Is this a sign they may be coming? We consider as a uh, TP guidelines as a soft law uh, in case of the Czech Republic. We uh, we signed the Vienna agreements, so on it we we must follow OECD guidelines. We also have a decision of the court that tax authority as well as taxpayer has to follow transfer pricing guidelines. So I think so there is no push to transfer a transfer pricing OECD guidelines into a specific law in the Czech Republic. Do you recommend that multinationals prepare transfer pricing documentation, master and local files, even though they're not required? 
I would recommend them because if a company decides to prepare documentation, they have to ask a lot of people, a lot of directors about the control transaction. And in a lot of cases, uh, they recognize that the first uh, sense of and first opinion was that we have everything all right our control transactions are all right. Uh, And suddenly when they start to prepare transfer pricing documentation and they ask directors, controlling directors and uh, others, in uh, often cases they found out that it is not so correct. Now they are able to improve and uh, correct them. So at the beginning, the transfer pricing documentation as a tool for correction and then in the end of uh, the whole process, they have very sufficient uh, document for their tr- control transactions. So nevertheless, that we uh, don't have direct obligation to prepare transparency documentation, I recommend to prepare it and be prepared for the purpose of uh, future text audit. That's right. And this August, the Czech Republic published Law 343-2020 in the official Gazette. What does this law cover? Are there any special requirements and, and what does it mean for taxpayers? Yeah, this uh, new law um, inside covers a lot of part about value-added tax, and but in the respect of transfer pricing, uh, there is important last uh, part of the law, which uh, relates to DAC uh, 6 and its implementation uh, into the Czech law. So based on it, there is new obligation for automatic exchange of uh, information, which relates uh, to cross-border arrangement. I think so that the aim of this implementation not only to uh, to follow European law and implementation in the Czech law, but also be able to eliminate tax evasion in very uh, eerie uh, step. So if I receive some notification about cross-border arrangement, about possible tax evasions, uh, after that tax authority is able arrange important steps uh, and uh, eliminate future tax-based erosion and profit shifting. So in this kind, it's a really uh, good, uh, good law. Of course, uh, uh, this law explains who is obliged to, uh, to do it. Of course, there is some uh, penalty if I, uh, if I fail with uh, obligation and I don't notify cross-border arrangements. I think that in the respect of the transfer pricing, they are uh, mentioned uh, specific hallmarks. So if some unilateral safe harbors are used, if hard-to-value intangibles are transferred between associated enterprises and currently to find some uh, comparables, reliable comparables, so it means that I am not able in sufficient way assume a future cash flow or income based on this transfer of intangibles. It's the most important hallmarks. And then I fulfill a cross-border arrangement and I am obliged to notify electronically this kind of arrangement to tax authorities. It will be good to law and I think so that improves the future situation and tax administration, not only in the Czech Republic, but in Europe, uh, in Europe, because it's a cross uh, cross border automatic exchange. So the aim is eliminate base erosion and profit shifting and future tax avoidance uh, in this kind of arrangements. And for our third and final CPE code word, that code word is lion, as in the Czech lion, the highest award in the country for filmmaking. Not quite an Oscar because the Czech Republic has its own very interesting filmmaking history, but that will have to be for another podcast. And the Czech Republic is one of many countries that have elected to delay their Doc 6 reporting obligations. How do you think taxpayers in the Czech Republic are feeling about this? Is it a help or a hindrance? Due to the COVID pandemics, a lot of new obligations were postponed, not as one. It was postponed also electronic evidence of sales, this kind of new uh, obligation for the reporting, because uh, I think so the first uh, uh, exchange of information in this kind of arrangement 
was planned in the end of this month, so in the end of October. If I consider taxpayers and uh, corporate entities, it, it is helpful that uh, it is postponed because uh, currently, uh, due to the COVID pandemics, they have a lot of uh, other uh, work, should recover their businesses, eliminate uh, losses and so on. So uh, all uh, postponed uh, new obligations are really, really helpful for them. But on the side of the tax authorities, I am not very sure whether it is helpful that they postpone it because this new kind of information that there is some kind of cross-border arrangement which could aim to base erosion or profit transfer to other country is helpful to have this information uh, at the beginning and make important steps for elimination of this tax ev- avoidance or tax evasion. So. On the side of the taxpayer, yeah, it's good. It's helpful on the side of tax administration. I'm not very sure whether this postpone uh, deadline is uh, good. Just a very, very quick question going back to the tax authority themselves. If the tax authorities request documentation, how long do multinationals have to produce it? If uh, tax uh, authorities ask for transfer pricing documentation, there is a set deadline for it uh, by the law. And uh, this deadline is uh, up to eight days. They have to submit it after eight days upon request of tax authorities. So just to boil this down, the Czech tax authority can request documentation at any time, but when they do then you just have eight days to submit said documentation. So tell me if I'm getting this right, that tight deadline seems to be a shortcut for having those documentation requirements. That way they're not inundated with forms from everyone, but ultimately you need to be proactive as a multinational and have a master and local file prepared ahead of time anyway to prove your transactions are at arm's length given that kind of timeline. Nevertheless, that we don't have uh, direct obligation to have it. When um, tax uh, authorities ask uh, whether there is transfer pricing documentation uh, prepared, whether there is some advanced uh, pricing agreement, and if yes, they ask for a submission of uh, transfer pricing documentation and all advanced pricing agreements. And the deadline is usually eight days. It's uh, submission uh, based on the request of tax authorities if tax audit is open. And another situation is whether tax payer ask for um, ask for advanced pricing agreements. In this case, the key document which must be submitted is uh, transfer pricing documentation. So if you're advising multinationals on transfer pricing in the Czech Republic, is there anything specific that they should be aware of, even outside of what we've discussed already today? Yeah, there is one uh, specification. We have very uh, huge definition of uh, related party associated enterprises. We uh, usually highlight in this case, based on the law, and definition of related parties, a lot could be uh, considered as uh, associated prices. It's the one aspect. The second one, which is very specific, is that uh, tax authorities wants to include it as a criteria uh, for benchmarking process, dependence indicator in the form of no subsidiary. So it's a uh, up to independent indicator, which is set in uh, all business databases as indicator A. So they, uh, they also require other kind of independency uh, in the form that companies have any subsidiary. So this is the, the second specific uh, of, uh, uh, of the Czech Republic. And maybe uh, the last one, uh, the Czech Republic follows arms length principle not only on cross-border transaction, but also in case of domestic transaction. So between two Czech companies, else they have to uh, follow uh, arms length principle. 
Note to multinational companies everywhere, if you think the coronavirus has affected your bottom line, take a look at how it's devastated the economies of governments around the world. And where do you think tax authorities will look to make up for all that lost revenue? That's right, your transfer pricing. You can't afford to be non-compliant, but then you probably can't afford to pay for an overpriced consultant who bills by the hour either. Oops, sorry, big four. We've got the answer. Cross-border solutions, AI-powered transfer pricing software keeps you in compliance by preparing accurate, hyper-localized reports that protect you from transfer pricing audits, penalties, and adjustments. And our technology is available for one flat fee, a fraction of what you'd pay a big-name consultant. Again, apologies, Big Four. Stay in compliance and on budget with cross-border solutions, AI-driven transfer pricing software. It's no wonder we're the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. There we go again. I'm so sorry, Big. You know what? Wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of cross-border solutions transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp that's xbs.ai slash tp thank you so much for being with us veronica this was an incredibly insightful discussion about a nuanced jurisdiction uh, such as the czech republic but before we close we have time for my favorite part of the show we call it the what we want to know round we put our transfer pricing expert guest in the hot seat for a round of rapid fire questions and the first question is always are you ready yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> what is the best compliment you've ever received? Best compliment? Uh, uh, I have three kids, so I always uh, receive a lot of compliments by my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, nevertheless, whether it's uh, breakfast or lunch. <laughs> but uh, I think so. The uh, the, uh, the 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 best of uh, was uh, by, uh, by my husband when um, the first uh, son uh, was born. Oh, and who would play you in a movie? Ah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> from the Czech actors or from U.S. actors? <laughs> Let's let's take Czech Czech actors, if only to broaden our horizons a little bit. Um, Google's a thing. We'll find this person. Maybe Tatiana Dick. Maybe Tatiana Dick. Okay, that gives us some some high quality googling for for folks out there and to expand their their uh, their their filmography and their their knowledge of film. Uh, what is your favorite aspect of your career? Tournament connection with students. Students. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, different people. Nevertheless, I if I join to some European project uh, or domestic project, it's transferring of knowledge and addition of some value to others. Yeah, it's it is not the same job. It's always different in each day. I love this uh, this possibility that it's not the same. Yeah, it's always exciting every new day. Uh, describe your perfect day pre-COVID, of course. Maybe also in COVID uh, was the best. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, in the previous, uh, before COVID, go to trip with my kids and play with them in the garden, sitting on terrace, drink uh, wine. My husband, Soren, relax, relax and enjoy time with family. It's, it's the best perfect day indeed uh, i think that just about wraps us up for this episode uh, veronica thank you so much again and i want to thank everyone at home for tuning in as well don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on apple podcasts and spotify while you're there also don't forget to check out our under 10 minute news podcast with all the latest transfer pricing regulations and headlines from around the world my name's Matthew DeMello, and they let me host, edit, and engineer this podcast. Christy Clements is our associate producer. Mary Lynn Mitchum-Strom is our executive producer. For everyone at home, stay safe, wear a mask, and we'll catch everyone next week.